0: This is On The Grid, powered by theracetalk.com, on mypodcasthouse.com. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com or on the Radio Show Limited's RS1. Thank you so much for joining us. Big show coming up. Richard Crowe, Mark Walker and myself will preview the Winton supercars this weekend, should it go ahead, covid restrictions back in Victoria so we'll be interested to see how that pans out over the next couple of days. We'll also uh, talk about a few other things as well the Indy 500 coming up this weekend and also a very underwhelming Monaco. We'll uh, find out what Richard Crowell thought about uh, the great race over there. First though the news and supercars news first up And a second generation 3 prototype chassis has been released and built by Pace Innovations, a Queensland-based company. According to Supercars CEO Sean Seema, the chassis will soon be sent to Dick Johnson Racing for homologation. Seema said he was pleased the second chassis was finished and thanks the staff for Pace. The unveiling follows weeks of speculation on the future of the Gen 3 project with crisis talks and speculation dogging the reporting around it. Supercars Championship leader, Shane Van Gisbergen, has hinted at following in his father's footsteps by potentially racing in the Australian Rally Championships. Yeah, it's a pretty cool bit of kit. You know, you're actually
1: quite far back, quite low, close to the rear axle. So for a little car, the bonnet's quite away away from you. But yeah, just how well built it is for a rally car, what
2: it's intended for, I guess. I'm pretty inexperienced, I guess, with the rally stuff. Had a
1: small taste last year and it's something I've always wanted to do. You know, that's what Dad was always into in motorsport and I've always been around it, but never got to have a chance to have a go until last year. And so different to what I'm used to, so it'll take a bit of time. But
2: yes,
0: yeah, so much fun as well. Van Gisbergen only made his competitive rally debut last year when he managed two wins. Mark Winterbottom believes there will be aspects of last week's testing day at Winton that will help his team perfect his car for this weekend's supercar event. With four race wins to his name at Winton Motor Raceway, the rural Victorian circuit is a happy hunting ground for Winterbottom as he sits on top of the race winners list for active drivers alongside Jamie Wincup. Frosty looking forward to the weekend.
1: We had a good test, uh, which is always a good sign given I guess you're leading into the track that you just tested at. So. Um, biggest difference, the super soft tyre. We didn't test on that, uh, given the rules that, that don't allow it until the race meeting. So, um, yeah, I think we had a really good day. It was productive. Uh, did over a hundred, I think, thirty laps. Uh, reliability was strong. We got through our changes quite well. So the proof's in the pudding. If we roll out and it's, it's quick this weekend, then, um, then it worked. Uh, they expect it's uh, got higher deg, um, which is quite a good thing. We've got to run at 19 PSI minimum pressure, so quite a bit higher than normal. Um, So yeah, degradation's gonna be big. Uh, Lap time should be quite quick because it's a softer tyre, so it should go faster, but it doesn't go for fast as long. So um, we're all gonna have to tune on the fly, use our expertise and all our experience here at the workshop and um, try and pre-plan it. But there's nothing like getting into a race and the tyres are gone and trying to have to hold on. And we could be in that situation, it's unknown, but uh, you know, for someone watching, if they want to see racing spiced up and probably a, a restless type preparation, given we don't know what we've got, then watch Winton, because, um, yeah, definitely going to get it. Uh, and I think the racing will be strong, and that's, uh, it's a good trial to see how good this tyre is. Yeah, Winton's been good. Um, I've had some really yeah, good results there. Um, but qualifying's key, you know. You, you get up the front uh, and yeah, track position, it's hard to pass. Um, yeah, and qualifying's big. So my speed's been reasonably strong. Uh, I think my pace at the test day was quite strong and um, yeah uh, yeah, qualifying's key. But obviously this tire strategy's gonna play in, in a part as well. Um, we've never ran the super soft before but you know, Winton's Winton, it still goes left at turn one, it still goes right at turn two. So I know my way around there and hopefully I can use the experience to um, to get another win.
0: In F1 News Daniel Ricciardo says he's frustrated at the loss and at a loss to explain why he was more than a second slower than his teammate Lando Norris at Monaco. Ricciardo told reporters he was unsure where the issue was and that he needed to figure out what had happened in Monaco before the next Grand Prix in Baku two weeks from now. He said that while he was not unhappy with the car he would consult with the team as to whether there was an issue with it or not. Meanwhile, Max Verstappen went on to win the Monaco Grand Prix, the Dutchman, with this win taking top spot in the championship standings.
1: Of course, I mean, I'm super happy uh, to win around here. It's such a tricky track and you need a smooth weekend, you know, and I think we had that. Um, And yeah, in the race, everything went very well. I think we looked after our tyres well and I mean, the the concentration levels for 78 laps is uh, enormous, (laughs) but uh, of course, yeah. Amazing. And, of course, to lead the, the championship is a, is a nice bonus. Um, I mean, I've said it many times before that it's still a very long season, so we have to keep on, on top of it. But for now, I'm, of course, super happy.
0: And in Formula 2 news, Australian Oscar Pastori has taken an incredible P2 in the final race at Monaco after Kiwi Liam Lawson was stripped of his victory for a throttle map irregularity. Lawson originally started his race on a different throttle map than is regulated by the FIA and was disqualified following an investigation after the race, promoting Dan Tickham to P1 for his first win of the season. That's pretty much all the news. Let's now get straight into the show. This is On The Grid on mypodcasthouse.com A very good afternoon, evening, morning, wherever you are in the world to you from the team here on the grid thanks for joining us again whether you're listening to us on the mypodcasthouse.com network or on the radio show limited's rs1 network thank you for joining us richard Crayle. how are you today buddy
2: uh good shebex i'm still sort of just building myself up to catching up on sleep uh big weekend monaco grand prix which was awful uh and then indy 500 qualifying which was excellent um but yeah, and looking forward to the weekend with some uh, supercars at Winton, uh, one way or another, and then the Indy 500 on Sunday night, Monday morning, our time, which is uh, my favourite race of the year. So looking forward to that very, very
0: much. much. So, Mark Walker. G'day to you. And uh, first of all, do you consent to being recorded? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> wow. It's a new thing. Uh, wow. I,
3: I would have Something. never have known, Richard, that you didn't have fun watching Monaco, judging by your op-ed piece that
0: absolutely slammed it as being useless, which is fair. So, mm. It's not a bad... It's a good mm. place to start. Let's do that. We'll, we'll preview Winton in a sec. But Monaco is a jewel in the crown, isn't it, uh, for Formula One? It is the place that has all the history yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But it is a crap race, has been for years and will continue to be.
2: Yeah, look, I I imagine it's an outstanding place to go and visit and watch the race. And I've had friends and colleagues who have been there and done that and loved it, absolutely loved it. But when you're at an event like that, you don't go to watch the car racing, you go to soak up the atmosphere of being in Monaco and the glitz and the glamour and the event, everything around it, which is why street circuit events are great. You know, 50% of the people that go to the Adelaide 500 or the Gold Coast don't go to watch supercars. They go there just for the event. And that's fine. Don't have a problem with that. It's great for Formula One, but it's a terrible racetrack. And and my, my theory on street circuits has always been that if you took the street circuit and put it in an open field, wherever that may be, would you still accept that as being the racetrack you were offered up on a blank field where they had a blank piece of paper to design the racetrack? Would you cop it? Uh, Adelaide Street Circuit, yeah, yep. you would. Gold Coast yep. Street Circuit, you would. Reid Park, Townsville, sure. Homebush, Sydney Olympic Park, no, nah, you'd do something better than that. Monaco, you just wouldn't rock up. You would not go to that racetrack if it was built somewhere like out in winter. the middle of nowhere. It's it's all the contributing factors. If it winter wasn't a street <laughs> track, <race. Like> <laughs> at least you can overtake it, Winter, The
3: best bit, though, of that race was definitely the failed TV direction that turned into an absolute main oh. craze, which was tremendous. That's, uh, that's all the Monaco I needed.
2: Yeah, that was, that was great and terrible at the same time. And you could hear the world of Formula One yelling at their television at the same time when the director randomly cut away to a slow-mo replay of not a particularly good one of Lance Stroll bouncing yeah. over the curb.
3: The thing is with Monaco, it used to be great back in the day when the drivers were inept and they just smash into things all the time. And the yeah. cars were inept because they'd all break down and you wind up having Olivier mm. Panis win. Might not have overtaken a car all day, but you had these crazy races where you'd have five finishes and then it'd be like, Wow, how good's Monaco? But you don't have that
0: anymore. Yeah, no, you're right. It is, uh, but they'll continue with it, there's no doubt about it because it's worth too much. Of course, they will, and that's fair enough. And so
2: they should, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it's it's great to have on the calendar, you just shouldn't go there expecting a good motor race. I that's, know when a motor funny. race
0: isn't good, when, and I didn't get the opportunity to watch it on Sunday night Our time, I uh, had a big day, so I was fairly tired. And the next day, I said to Richard uh, that I was going to watch the Monaco Grand Prix on replay. And the response don't. was, <laughs> don't.
2: <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> okay.
2: No. <laughs> Watching qualifying from the Speedway was just a billion times more exciting and dramatic. Yeah. And and as far as Monaco's go, like that had plenty going for it with the the Leclerc drama at the start and all of the bits and pieces. But yeah, no, the the TV direction thing was absolutely the highlight, and it was just awful. And and it's it's worth singling out because it's the only race on the year that Formula One media, FOM TV, don't produce the world feed themselves. It's done by Monaco themselves because it's special yeah. privileges, and they do their own thing there. Um, so old mate director who got <laughs> roped in to do that the the people back at Biggin hill the formula one media base in the uk the old raf base there where all formula one medias based that i reckon they would have been pulling their hair out with the feed that they were getting sent back to whack graphics and and replays and that on oh my goodness yeah. but anyway that was very good and the comedy that evolved on twitter as the race played out was just high class it was absolutely good and it's been Oh, well, we're on it.
0: One Daniel Ricciardo, uh, so up his season so
2: far. Oh. Disappointing? Well, I mean, he beat he beat, Lando. Um, Lando at the last yeah, race, he did. didn't he? So, yes, just, just didn't work at Monaco. Not good. Mm. Not good. So, and look, he'll get there. He started slowly at Renault, yeah, yeah, yeah. remember? Yeah. Two years ago. Um, and he built into it. And in the end, he utterly smoked Ocon. So, um, no, I think oh, he'll be all right. Good to hear but Lando's pretty bloody mm. special. He is a good driver by the looks of yeah,
0: it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Mm. No
2: doubt. Mm. And and I like uh, Carlos doing good things in the Ferrari too. He's he's a star. Well,
3: what do you what cool. do you think of That's Ferrari uh, gearbox
2: mechanics? Oh,
3: we are definitely starting on pole. <laughs> One thing is rest assured, yeah. we are definitely going to be on the pole yeah. position.
2: <laughs> Narrator: They were not starting on pole. <laughs> oh, look, what would you do? I mean. Would you risk, I, I, I actually don't mind their call risking starting on pole because you take a five-place grid penalty and you finish fifth. <laughs> any other race no. you might have, a ch- if you've got the fastest car, any other race you might not have a chance, you might have a chance of passing some cars. But at Monaco, a five-place grid penalty, there's absolutely no point. You may as well risk it, start from pole. And if the thing shifts itself, well, then so be it. But which is what happened. Didn't even get to the grid. But um, anyway. Young Charles' time will come. What it does do is just add to the frustration that Formula 1, how good it would be if there were more than one or two teams competitive any given weekend. Because having Ferrari there and McLaren quite competitive with the Merc and with the Red Bulls was terrific.
0: No, you did sit right. And that's been the case for a few years, hasn't it? We've banged on about that a fair few times over the last couple of years. But it just shows you where we're spoiled here
2: with what we've got as no, you're the, right. the top category in Australia and, and in probably IndyCar racing as well, given what's going on at the Speedway. We should talk about that. Who would have thought that Scott McLaughlin would be the top qualifying Penske driver for the 105th running of the, uh, well, the biggest spectacle. That is in motor pretty amazing. Racing? That's uh, amazing, isn't it? And who would have thought that Will Power, who is the greatest qualifier in IndyCar's modern history, would be battling to get in and have to do bump day. i got to tell you,
3: my insomnia kicked in at about 2.30 a.m. Monday morning when the bump was happening. They had a 90-minute or so mm. window there, and the the five cars went out there and they did their first run. And then they sat there for about 80 minutes of nothing. And,
0: yeah, I watched it. I could not go to bed. I do like the concept it's of great. the bump, though. The bump day is fantastic.
2: Well, it's part of the tradition of the race. There's a, there's a an hour long compile on YouTube that I recommend everyone watches. And I'll, I'll jam the link in the the podcast link on the website when it goes live, um, of just some of the most incredible bump day, uh, bump day mm. events of people trying to make the race. It's Have just it.
3: awesome. Oh, mate. Oh, mate. It. Running it on the so track. To
2: it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Was that heard a voice? Jim heard a voice? Yeah. Yeah. Cracked it. That's extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. They weren't going to let him run, so he he stopped the other cars from running by running on the second. Was escorted away by Indiana State
0: Troopers. So that's that's, just, that's definitely that's going to be so- number one.
2: oh uh, well, no, but if you but if you were compiling year, your, it if you were compiling
0: thing. your top ten, that's oh, right. It'd, up it'd there.
2: be right up there. Yeah, yeah. But there's so many dramatic moments, like Penske missing out in '95 the year after they destroyed everybody with the big engine in 94. And then little Al failed to make the show mm. a year later. They literally went and bought a car from Bobby Ray Hall, a different chassis to see if it was going to be better. And they still missed mm. the race. And then Marco Andretti missing it, you know, seven or eight years ago, didn't get in the show. And like last year he was on pole. So it's, yeah, it's such a cool part of that race and its history. And I love the fact that it's still a thing that, that people are still willing to turn up and have a shot at getting in it and miss out. And yet you only had to see Charlie Kimball after that bump day session when Simona got in and Kimball missed out Mm. and he's in tears. Um, And that shows you how much it means to everyone. It's fantastic.
0: Yep, certainly is. All right. Uh, Winton, of course, supercars. We speak about them and they're up Northern Victoria this week. Well, we hope they are. For those uh, that may not know, Victoria going through a little bit of a COVID situation again, nine confirmed cases. This is on the Tuesday, as we record this here, uh, Melbourne time, that may go up in the next day or two, and still wanting to hear from the government in regards to crowd numbers at sporting events, whether it be the AFL, the NRL, or whether that be uh, Winton. Winton's regional Victoria, so it does have a little bit of an advantage, but it'll be populated by people who come from metropolitan Melbourne, and that could be the problem.
3: Yep. Sure. Good. And all this stems back to some crappy air conditioning in a Adelaide hotel. So we, we thank South Australia for that. That's gone really well for everyone there. Who would have known? <laughs> um, to be brutally honest, I don't care if it does get canned because the weather's supposed to be minus a couple. And I'd have to be wearing my long johns standing out in it, which as much as I love standing out there in minus a couple degrees, taking photos for the race talk, I could probably do without that in my life
2: that's
0: a yeah, spirit well done. <laughs> fly the flag great okay
2: right well let's <laughs> move on with life then, Shall we? <laughs> no, look there's there's no point in speculating whether it goes ahead or not because by the time you're listening to this podcast it's entirely likely the world's changed again but that's the the universe we live in so i think all we can do is just look at the weekend as it is and if it doesn't happen we'll uh, copy and paste and use it again next week because it will get postponed but um you know, at the very worst situation, it'll get bone. I would have thought that they'd cancel crowds first and still run the event. Supercars proved last year that they're pretty capable of, um, of yeah. running an event that's that's in COVID safe conditions if they need to. So, um, and the governments are certainly doing a better job of, of managing these little outbreaks now better than they were even six months ago. So yeah, look, fingers crossed it happens. Um, it should be a really interesting round if it does because there's some teams that go in there with great form that have got prize at Winton as well um, at a track that hasn't, for example, been particularly good to triple eight over the last yeah, decade. Triple eight have sort of
3: been in the conversation at times, but they just haven't had that ultimate dominating pace that they have had at other places like Simmons Plains and Sandown, where they absolutely smoked everyone. So the, the playing field is leveled and it's a sort of place where qualify. It's like Monaco. It's such a tight and twisty little track that qualifying is so important. And, The thing about Winton is it's three Ks long, but how many corners have you got jammed in that three Ks? You've got Mm. to get them all right. And that's why you sometimes get some of these left field qualifying efforts because somebody down the, down the order in inverted commas can jam together 12 corners better than the front runners can. And that's what, what makes us love Mm. the place. You know, you've got Moffat, you've got Slade, you've got Rick Kelly, all these guys, um, who've had left field wins in recent times, it shows that they're capable. So, I mean, you can't rule anyone in or out of the conversation this weekend.
2: Yeah, and the interesting thing is that, you know, everyone goes, oh, Victorian Test Track, the Victorian team should smoke them there. But DJR's won four of the last six races yeah. at Winton. So, thanks to um, Scott McLaughlin and Fabian Coulthard, won one. one uh, Nissan Motorsport, one in two thousand and eighteen with Rick, as you mentioned, Mark and uh, SVG won the other in two thousand and seventeen. But it's been Ford dominated, and Queensland Ford team dominated since then. And before that, Tim Slate. So BJR has won the same amount of races at Winton as Triple Eight has in their last eight visits to the place. So, so it, it shows you
0: how wide open. The other the thing is. out of that too is we know that the Victorian teams had a test day last week, but as we mentioned in last week's program, the ties that they had weren't even the same ties that they're going to have for the race. Well,
2: Yeah, it's the most irrelevant test day ever because this is the first round they're due to run the brand new super-duper soft Dunlop tyre. So it completely changes the scenario all over again. Do you remember way back that the the difference of soft tyre makes Mm. it that place? Because Marcus Marshall held the lap record there in donkey's years because he pitted late in a race in that, B. A. Falcon, he was driving uh, Team was Insta. Team?
3: It was sponsored by the the Russian That's billionaire sorry. who uh, wasn't worth billions by the time Correct. he uh, got to mid year.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was all completely it's legitimate
3: Was that in the, Was that in no, the no, no uh, all black car? No, it's red.
2: No, with black
0: and
3: red. red. Was it okay? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they got to Darwin. They, but, their last round was Darwin. I don't know why I was looking at this today, but uh I have actually looked at this today.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's good, um, because you answered my question because I couldn't for the life of me remember what the team was, um, but yeah, he slapped on a a set of softs and blazed through the field and set the fastest lap of the race, which would turn out to be a lap record that I think only got Mm. broken two years ago, uh, if not the year before that by by perhaps by Scotty. So um, yeah, that's it's such a with twelve corners jammed into three k's, it's such a tire sensitive venue. So. The soft makes an enormous thing. I'm keen to see how that tyre plays out and whether the deg over the race distance plays a, a role like we saw in those races last year that you was know, so compelling. you go on about test
3: tracks. The Queensland teams have Queensland Raceway, which isn't a circuit on the calendar anymore. But you go up there yeah. and there'd be Victorian teams do well up there. They're, all, yeah. they're professional yeah, it teams. Nothing. It's what they do. They go yeah. racing. And, and like you, you talk about tyres, on a race weekend, you've got rubber down on the circuit, which just makes a world of difference in you're going to have rubber down the circuit. That's minus two degrees, which is going to be somewhat different to what they went and tested in the other day. So,
0: yeah. And they're going to have the, uh, the same rubber that they would normally run on the circuit for the first time since 2015. The super twos are there for the first time in a few years. Well, they're going to have different rub. They're going to have the old rubber. On. Oh yes, that's true. Too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah,
3: It's going to be a mix and match there, but uh, good feel the super twos and threes. That's uh, going to be very interesting to watch.
2: Yeah. 33. Wow, cars that's great. Yeah. Which is great. And they've actually had to change the program a bit there to, they're originally all going to qualify together, but um, my understanding is they all had a big all in test day there last week. And um, the number one comment at the end of it was couldn't get a lap at all, no matter yeah. what was going on. So um, they've actually split the quality up between the two, between super two and super three, which I think is a really good thing. Actually it needs to happen. Um, and uh, if only to give Super Three yep. guys some love amongst what is a, a Super Two dominated storyline
0: there. John McCorkendale running a uh, ex Gary Rogers Motorsport.
1: On yeah.
2: On. yeah, yeah, ex uh, Garth Tander James yeah. Moffat car um, that he's uh, he's purchased. So he stepped up, which is kind of odd because he won the opening round of Super Three at Bathurst, and then he's decided to jump up. So he leads the championship, but won't score points for it, which is really interesting. So. Yeah, it's good. Nine of the top 10 drivers in Super 2 have come up from Super 3, uh, and all within the last four or five years. So it shows you how important that little pathway is becoming now to supercar racing and um, even sharing the same grid. It, it continues to happen, which is really cool. So, yeah, they're going to be good races, I think. There's big, big field. There's going to be lots going on. And that was the problem. The
3: like, I remember back in the day there at Winton, when you'd have big fields in the – in the development series, it was carnage. So hopefully they can all make it through that first corner and uh, get out the other side.
0: Yeah. Obviously Gary and Barry made him an offer. He couldn't refuse as those guys would.
2: No, well, John, well, probably a good deal, but um, yeah, he's been shopping around for a while. um, And yeah, they, they had the best offer for what was remember remembering Garth's hands, that car in, in GRM's final season, wasn't it? Mm. Oh, penultimate season when Garth was there. Um, you know, he was top three in uh, Newcastle. So, decent decent rig. Should be all right. Should be uh, competitive. It'll be interesting to see how he goes up against the bigger teams, though. It's a it's a little family-run outfit. But John's a ripper, little steerer. So, I think he'll go
0: okay. Back to the main game. And it looks like a return to form for DJR, which is fantastic. They've had some uh, great results in the last couple of races with Anton De Pasquale and also uh, Will Davison.
2: Time for Willie to get on the
3: uh, winner's list, I think, yep. Mark. He's due. I don't think he's uh, had a win at Winton, at least not in the, the last decade or so. So,
1: yeah.
2: I can tell stats? you this. I've got the winner's list right in front of me. Let's go back uh, 2008 That's for DJR. Right. So there you go. He won race two. Jamie Winkup won the first one and Garth Tander won the third. So three different teams won that day. Um, and that was also the last time that a, what is now walking shore United car won. Well, maybe that's that all race.
3: Will's been needing is a DJR car. Yeah. That's,
2: yeah. That's a good point. Yep. They've got a great track record there. Cause James Courtney won both races at Winton in 2010. Um, uh let's go through Fabian. So Fabian won in 18. Scott won both races in 19. Uh, and the first racing 17 as well. And then, yeah, you, you go back even further. And there were winners there with uh, with John Bow and the EL Falcon. In fact, the supercars posted a cool battle with JB and um, Russell Ingle in the Castrol car from 1998
0: uh, on their socials, which is very cool. Brad Jones Racing will want to walk away from Winton with more than just a comprehensive lead in the Pertec Pit Stop Challenge, would they?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the odds are they're going to win this weekend, aren't they? After what they've they've had such a rubbish start to the year, and it's been resurrection efforts all the way through, and such a cool comeback at yeah. the end for Nick Perkat. I mean, they're just as likely to go and pole and win it this weekend. Well, aren't it they? could be Jack Smith's turn. We, we just don't know.
0: Oh, what a story? <laughs> Let me go oh, to sports bet right. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'll give you some Please zeros that. for that one, Chebecs. Yeah, 1,000 to 1. But even like, remember, there's been some interesting ones over the year. I remember Dale Wood having a really good run at uh, Winton once upon a time. I don't think that mm-hmm. made your a little stat sheet there, Rich.
2: No, it didn't. No. Meribus Motorsport one with the they Mercedes. Did. Lee Holdsworth. I, I remember yeah. Betty yeah. crying at that one. Mm. Yep. Yep. That was big. I mean, Nissan had more success at that track than any other on the calendar. Yep. True. You know, it, it's a place that does throw up some very, very. It's results.
0: actually quite interesting. We you spoke about the fact that if uh, the racing did get cancelled this week, that it would be on next week. The actual uh, third round of the AMRS is scheduled for Winton next week. So it'd be interesting to see which way they went. All right, we've got a Calder then.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, which they should be doing seriously. What's going should. on with that place? Racetrack within thirty minutes of. Melbourne Airport, and well, especially city. now the sandown
0: is going to go in the next couple of years. You would reckon yeah. the would just would have been logical. Yeah, only needs only needs now a boys, few hundred million spent on it though.
2: Well, no, the road course could be all right without. A huge it's got, it's all for. spectator banks
3: there. You don't need to put any infrastructure mm-hmm. yeah, in. You just need to send it. S- seal yeah, it. Yeah, we're not.
2: We're not talking about the
0: the.
3: would be great? Wouldn't that be great though?
0: Seeing <laughs> supercars on the <laughs> Thunderdome.
2: Ah, I should I
3: be oh. done that memories so only one of us
0: got run over
2: richard <laughs> yes one of us did the running good times hey boys um one of the things i was thinking of uh just to wrap up this particular podcast because we weren't organized enough to get a guest um i one of the things i was thinking about on the weekend while i was watching bump day progress was that i would love very much to see that happen at an event in australia and I, I love the concept. I think it's great. And, and I think it just adds to the prestige of the race when you've got to race or qualify your way into it to make the show. You're not guaranteed to get in. You're a big name and you can still fall like the Penske thing. Um, and, and that got me to thinking. Uh, one of the big topics every time we go to the Bathurst 1000 every year, these days and age, is that a lot of punters complain that the grid isn't big enough. Now, I think on this podcast, we are all completely okay with the size yeah. of the Bathurst 1000 field, because we're all about the quality, and and I don't think any of us have left Bathurst going. Gee, I wish we had another ten cars, because it's always a ball tear and it's always amazing. Anyway, by the by, I, I, what I would love to see now—this will never happen—but I'd love to see it. I would like to see firstly the wild card restrictions that are in place now be removed. So right now to run a wild card entry at Bathurst, you have to apply to supercars. It has to be approved and ticked off and then you get the stamp of approval, get rid of that, but cap the field at 30 cars. So you base that on the 26 full timers we're likely to have next year with those extra wrecks coming back into the sport, a couple of wild cards and then maybe some super two teams, whatever, but don't limit the number of entries. So your field is capped at 30, but if 35 cars rock up, fantastic. For this little example, let's roll with 33 because that's the number of the week, right? 33 cars to start the 500. So let's go with that. So I reckon what we need to do is have bumping to get in and make the great race. So you cap your field at 30. So it keeps us happy because it keeps the quality up and you don't have the walking wounded 10 seconds off the pace at the back. If it was open to all Joe blogs, you've got to be fast to get in the race. It keeps the punters who want 30 cars or more happy because they get a bigger grid than 24 or 25 that run now. And for TV, it creates a made for television window of an hour of cars trying to race their way in. So very quickly, here's how it works. So let's say we've had 33 entries racing to get into 30 spots. That great Friday qualifying session remains as it is everyone out 10 fastest cars go through the shootout Saturday afternoon. Tick. They're in no worries behind that grid positions. 11 to 26 are also locked in. So 11th through to twenty-sixth place on time. You're locked into the race. You're good. Now in theory, that should be the 26 full-time supercars. Should be right. It, It should be if they do a good job, but it might not be. And this is where the fun happens. Um, After that positions 27 to 33. So we've got 33 cars going for 30 spots. Um, They have their times cleared. They're not locked in. You go through, you have your top 10 shootout Saturday afternoon. But before that on Saturday, you have a bump day, which is a one hour window where those seven cars are trying to work their way in for four spots. And it's a, it's a shootout. So it's single lap. They all line up in pit lane. They're guaranteed one lap. This is absolutely right from the Indy 500. So imagine you've qualified 32nd for the Bathurst 1000. And you go out, new set of ties. You've got one lap. You go and hang the thing as hard as you can across the top of the mountain. It's spectacular Greg Murphy style balls out lap. And you go 29th and you're in the race and you bump somebody out. So you can do that. Everyone gets a guaranteed lap. And then as long as the clock keeps ticking to that one hour window, like the 500, you can go out, have another run. If you're on the track, when the clock counts down to zero, that's it. You get your lap, but you're done. And that way you race your way into the field. You get the 30 fastest cars qualifying for the Bathurst 1000. You get a bigger field in the race. A couple of people miss out. That's Bathurst. You put them in the super two race, perhaps, whatever. Um, I reckon it'd be great. It'd be fantastic. It'd add a a huge element for TV, which would be unbelievable for ratings. It'd be another storyline. You bring back that privateer element to the race that it probably does lack a little bit of, which is always such a part of the history of that race. Um, But it would at the same time, keep the quality of the field as high as it could possibly be while adding more cars. It would be such a cool thing. It's not going to happen, but uh, gee, we can dream. Mark,
0: Mark Walker, what do you think of
3: the audience? Yeah, uh, you're a dreamer, Richard Crail. Dearie me, what's in the what's in the waters play at Lindocway? Are they putting your COVID medicine through the pipes out there or something?
2: And that would explain many many things, but no, it, it'd be it'd tremendous. Be tremendous Why but not? Let's be realistic here, Richard. Why be well, realistic? We could
3: go and make fairy tales up as much as we like, but it's it's just not necessary. Like. For instance, with the wrecks, the the whole idea about it is that it provides value. And here you've got twenty six cars. Say they enter the whole season, yeah. and then they run the chance of being sent home from the big dance, and they lose the. Yep. What, what's your incentive to have a wreck? Why are you doing this? Yeah,
0: yeah but it's the ins- But it's the entire that. year you're racing the wreck. This is one race, and yeah. if you're not good enough so, to race a Bathurst, well, then
2: maybe you shouldn't. Well, you guarantee, you guarantee, guarantee you're 26 full timers. That's fine. But okay, so But uh,
0: what's I the incentive for
3: seven wild cards to turn up? To spend
2: Well, the chance. Yeah, but they've already got, the got the that chance. We're
3: not knocking back wild cards as it, as it but is. They,
2: they don't. But, but but if you have but, 10 wild cards rock up right yeah, now, they're not yeah, going to let them all race.
3: We don't have that problem at the moment. If it, if it was well, a problem, then we could. It'd, it'd be a great problem to have, but it's not a problem that. Actually
2: exists because no, people, but I'm not writing this as, this as if it's a problem that needs to be fixed. I'm writing it as a how cool would it be if. So, this well, is it's hey, a fully hypothetical. I'm going into this eyes open. How cool would it be happen. to have the track lined with
3: lollipops? I mean, <laughs> cool. But like the, yeah, the teams aren't going really to go sense. and spend all this coin to buy a car and all the infrastructure and all the expense to go and do this event if they're going to get sent home.
2: Well, They do for the Indy 500. Well, you
3: look at the two cars that got bumped there's an AJ Foyt car that wasn't fast enough, and the other thing was mm. never a chance, it, it, didn't, fast it didn't have any sponsors, there
2: was just a, a pipe dream,
0: yes. But well, at least they had a go. Will
2: Will Power, if Will Power had properly fenced it at turn three, well,
0: he wouldn't have didn't. made the show, and he would have,
3: and that would have been the end of his career. Oh, yes, it, it wouldn't would. have been, but that's great, no, yeah, it have. would have been.
2: No, nah, Captain. Nah, cap, he's just Captain's a not new contract. keep him on if he doesn't qualify for that. Yeah, of course he would. Of course he would. He didn't sack Little Al when He didn't qualify
3: in '95. But and the other problem too at the Indianapolis 500 is that the purse is such there that it incentivizes people who to have a go because just being in the race pays for being in the race. There's no purse with the Bathurst 1000 for wildcards, oh, doesn't though. What's, it's, what's it's, the incentive? No, what's the incentive 100%. for these seven guys to turn up and four of them to turn around and go home?
2: Well, no, it's a start. But they've already got that option and no one takes them up on it. But they don't at the moment. That's the thing. Because there's no motivation for them to do it. There is. You've you've already got the glory of
3: racing the Bathurst 1000 and people aren't doing that at the moment.
2: But right now, if you're Joe Bloggs Racing and he wants to have a crack at it, supercars aren't going to give you a wild card. You've got to apply for it. Why would they? Yeah, but they're not going to give you one. Anyway, Let's, look, why not? It's the theme of the week, bumping. I like it. I, like I
0: the love the it, Richard.
2: That.
0: <laughs> but that's because I've been to the Indy 500 with you, so I've... Oh,
2: that's
3: I three, that. three podcasts in a row that's been mentioned.
2: Yeah. I
0: yeah. do remember that.
3: That
0: was yeah. great.
2: It is one, just the great race. It's just
0: so, so good. It is. You need to come one day, Mark.
2: Well, I would, but they've closed the borders and such. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. hard at the moment. Maybe a Give, couple it of years. Give it time. Give it time. Where does Scotty finish? Top 10.
0: Mm. 12. Continues. 12. Yeah, continues. Oh, 12 would be good.
2: Yeah, I think he'll be, top, he'll be top rookie, I think. It's so
3: hard to say. I mean, the Chevys just haven't really had enough this month, have they?
2: Mm, not on one lap pace. They were pretty good. Their race runs were decent in practice. But, but yeah, the Carpenter cars were mega. Ed Carpenter and Rena's VK were real fast. So, so yeah, who knows? But that's the, the joy of the 500 is that you just have absolutely no yeah. idea. Like, at no point did we think Alex Rossi would win that race. No, no, correct.
0: When we were there. It just yeah. ridiculous. Exactly. So, Considering he'd it. run out of fuel a couple of laps beforehand or something, didn't he? Or? Well, he's about to. Well, you went around. About of, to, yeah. On exactly. the final lap, yeah. Yeah. Full yeah. Uh, a, a quick question. Scotty McLaughlin's performance so far in cars. We We know that he's a great driver but in all honesty and sincerity are you surprised with how he's gone at the start of his indie career uh
2: yeah i thought he'd struggle more.
0: for outright pace a on ovals more. i thought he would have at least yeah road courses i knew he'd probably be fine
2: yeah no see i thought the i, I thought the road courses if anything would be oh, really bad okay. because they yeah because of the downforce yeah. in those cars and driving aero cars is so fundamentally different to what he's been racing. But the way he's got up to speed on that and like, but starting at Barber was ridiculous because that's such a fast flowing high aero circuit. Yeah. I thought that was, that was really impressive. If they'd started at Long Beach or yeah. Sir Pete, um, well, I mean, even Sir Pete, the street circuit, he was good, but that's more of a similar driving style to what he's used to, but the aero stuff was really, really cool. That's what's impressed me the most surprised me the most. Yeah. I, I, I think his raw speed has been, the, the yeah. bigger shock, and and the fact he's matched Grosjean comprehensively at every turn, um, I think is outstanding. No,
3: I'm loving the socials over there. The fact that he lost his car keys. Yeah,
2: yeah it was great. Yeah, and got a new. That's new that's set already
3: delivered that, with the car. That's already in them. the power <laughs> rankings for Winton. Sorry, everyone else at uh, Winton. knew yeah, that and actually that might be the entire power rankings. Might just be a what? just be losing his
0: keys. It may well, just be. Uh,
2: boys, if he wins the Indy Five Hundred, we're not doing a power rankings for bloody winter. Give no, the hot
0: tip there right. won't be any need for power rankings at all. It'll just be one ranking, and that'll be it. Yeah. Uh, who wins the Indy Five Hundred?
2: Uh, I know he's on pole, but Dixon looking good this year, in, and he's looking in all their all their practice, all their everything they did was unbelievable. So, um, yeah, uh, yep, he's good. Turns out he had the Rona. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Went back to the UK and um, where his wife is from uh, and got COVID in. As December. you do. So kept mm. that quiet. But I still think, I don't think it'll affect him anyway. uh,
3: And let's face it, when he does win it, he'll be Brisbane born Scott Dixon. Brisbane Mark, born New Brisbane
0: Zealander.
3: Brisbane born <laughs> Brisbane-born yeah. Kiwi Scott. You just wait for it. Oh, I love that. You go, oh, on, you, anytime he does anything, any good, always.
0: You, you wait for it. Yep, correct. And yep. when he doesn't, New so, Zealander, Scott Dixon. But more yeah, often yeah, than
2: not. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He is the he's, well, he's the greatest IndyCar. Well, he's leading the championship
3: generation. now, and this will be championship number seven.
2: Amazing.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Boys, yeah. enjoy the weekend. It's going to be uh, action-packed, we hope.
2: Well, we hope it's, sure. hope yeah. it's something.
0: <laughs> I'm looking forward to the World 600
2: on uh, Monday morning through till Monday night. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the longest, the longest race. Yeah. Gee, you complain about nothing happening in the Monaco
0: race. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Charlotte NASCAR. Yeah, and there'll be a rain delay as well. Season. It's definitely going to, yeah. Oh, guaranteed. No guaranteed. No and thank you for joining us, folks, right here on The Grid. We look forward to catching you next week. Until then.